You're listening to Version Control, Pounding Rings Digital News Show. It's roughly 72 straight hours of pregame, 27 minutes of Lady Gaga, and over 100 million North Americans glued to their TVs. And amidst all of that, there's a group of finely tuned athletic machines smashing into each other, competing for, that's right, the Super Bowl. Today, Version Control is chatting Super Bowl. But in true nerd and pounding grain fashion, we're going to set the actual game aside for the next half hour and talk about Super Bowl marketing, because we love that. Specifically, how times are changing from a television-focused ad market to a more digital environment geared toward fan and brand interaction. Version Control presents the $5 million Half Minute. Are you ready for some football? (laughs) The week before the Super Bowl, Sports Illustrated and the New York Times released coinciding articles stating similar facts. For 30 seconds of commercial time during the big game, brands are forking over roughly $5 million. That's $5 million for 30 seconds of somebody telling you to drink a butt. But the price tag for 30 seconds of commercial time is only part of the story. With digital channels and some networks grabbing more attention than ever, brands are simply using the TV commercial as a piece of a larger puzzle, albeit a very expensive piece. As the world becomes less dependent on cable companies for things like news and live sports, brands are finally starting to shift as well. Take, for instance, this year's Snickers TV commercial. For months leading up to the game, they've been touting online that they would be the first to ever broadcast a live Super Bowl commercial starring none other than Kylo Ren himself, Adam Driver. But what's interesting is the new drumbeat media concept. Basically, brands are telling everyone that they're going to do something big at the Super Bowl. Yes, we're advertising our ads. Don Draper's mind just exploded while talking to Roger Sterling. These teasers include things like celebrities as you've never seen them, songs you've never heard, movie clips you can't wait to see, or just messages that say things like, you're going to want to see this. And then, two-thirds of the way through the seventh hour of pregame, you see it for 30 seconds, and that's it. While stuffing your face with a pizza, stuffed with a wing, stuffed inside of a burger. We're not saying TV commercials are bad by any means, but do you know what $5 million can get you in the digital world? Follow us for a second as we take you down the digital rabbit hole. $5 million can get you over 2 million mobile app installations. That's people downloading your app and trying it. Roughly five sets of branded Twitter emojis. That's the ability to tweet custom-made emojis like an Egg McMuffin or a slice of Domino's. 200 influencers on Snapchat. That's a large, dialed-in group of people with massive Snapchat audiences. 250 million video views on Facebook. That's people who are scrolling through their Facebook newsfeed multiple times per day. The YouTube masthead for eight straight days. That's the front page of YouTube for over a week. Or pull a Heinz and give your entire company a paid day off to nurse the day after the Super Bowl hangover. There's arguments for both sides. According to Proper Insights and Analytics, 17% of Super Bowl watching adults say the commercials are actually more important than the game. It's a legit question. What's better? Over 100 million people watching television seeing your brand for 30 seconds, or the opportunity to get your brand to the right people at the right time with the right type of content. I guess that's the $5 million question. So I've got a request for this next section um, from you, Nick. 
that you want to be introduced as the Capadonna to our Wu-Tang clan. And we're also here with Jax Murphy, creative director of Pound and Grain. We're here with Scott. Hi. <laughs> and Mark Cameron. I believe you would actually be the RZA. You guys can be whoever. ODB called it shotgun. What? Isn't there a RZA with a G? Yeah, the Jizza. Yeah, that guy. Can I be that guy? <laughs> <laughs> the genius. I want to be that guy. My guy's dead now, so that sucks. Maybe we should get into uh, the big question of the day, Scott. So the big question this week is, is it worth it to have a Super Bowl commercial? And the reason we're asking this question is because, according to many sources, brands are paying upwards to $5 million for 30 seconds of ad time. I think I can answer that quite simply for the group and maybe save us some time. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> and wh- why would you say that, Jackson? Because thought's crazy, <laughs> Scott. $5 million is so much money for 30 seconds, it, do- it, do- it does not compute. I, I don't disagree, but what I am going to do is talk a little bit about su- the Super Bowl and how much power it has in the media and how influential it can be for many people, you know, hundreds of millions of people watching around the world. Um, so I'm not at all saying that, you know, people would, should, or that brand should definitely be dumping $5 million into this thing, but it is worth considering, um, you know, based on the numbers of people that are watching this thing and the types of brands that are putting out these, like, mini pieces of entertainment. I mean, you can't, you can't sit there and tell me that they're not fun to watch. They're fun to watch, but I don't think they're getting what they get out of it, right? Like that's $5 million. I don't think they're getting that in return at all. There's no way. I agree. I don't, I don't think that they're getting it in return. And if they are, it's because of the existing content online. It's when they post it on YouTube after that they're getting a lot of hits. Well, it is the one event per year that may spawn a commercial that you, people are going to be talking about. Right. There's like, like even like game of Thrones finale. Nobody mentioned the commercials. They're just not going to, they don't care. Right. HBO doesn't have commercials. <laughs> Nick, Good point. Nick doesn't have TV. <laughs> <laughs> I watch everything online. Let's let's let's, let's uh, substitute that with something else that's uh, popular. <laughs> How about the Gilmore Girls? <laughs> also on Netflix. <laughs> God, unbelievable. Oh, great. Is there got... anything on TV that people watch? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, what's the CBS show about the nerds? That's the other thing people watch. Oh, the Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. Yeah, people are still watching that, apparently. But Uh, would the Big Bang Theory command $5 million for 30 seconds per per commercial break? I I still think that's outrageous. If you had your computer open right now, we could get that information. But but Scott does like a good a good podcaster. If we're we're keeping this authentic and real, and no com- no computers or screens are open right now. Here's the let me let me maybe we talk about an example because um, because I know in the previous segment there's some examples of some of the current creative. But like thirty seconds for the Bush beer ad. Bush. As crisp and cold as a mountain stream. It has the same great taste it's always had. Even the same sound. Yeah, so it's 30 seconds of a guy just like saying the word Bush, which we just heard. Is that 30 seconds? And I only preface that not saying that I wouldn't drink that. I would not only drink it, I would be happy about it. And I'm going to try to order some for the team at the next convenient time. Mm -hmm. Now, 30 seconds of that for what Ad Age called a 
non-premium beer placement, like, because it's not a premium brand of beer. It's like the, like, lower, it's not even like, it's, it's, it's Budweiser, but lower. (laughs) Sorry. So hopefully Anheuser-Busch is now going to, you know, blacklist us from working on their (laughs) accounts. That's standard, uh, standard uh, podcast procedure. But, but that, that's part, there's no engagement to that. Like, it could be funny. It could be like, you know, the what's up stuff from, you know, 40 years ago or whatever it is. Um, but I just think that's the part that if you want to tell a great story, that makes sense for $5 million or $10 million. Like, so the 62nd, you know, Budweiser, uh, Anheuser-Busch, like immigrant story spot that's going to run that they've been doing all this week. Like they coordinated with the Trump administration to do a pro-immigrant um, Super Bowl spot. That seems to kind of make sense because people are talking about it and it has, you know, maybe not deliberately a point of view, but something to say that people can actually talk about. The the Bush ad, like at the water cooler Monday morning, what are they really going to talk about? So I'm going to take a complete opposite approach to that. And I'm going to say that immigrant spot with Anheuser-Busch is complete garbage. Um, I watched it, couldn't get through it. It's terrible. Uh, if I was watching it during the game, that would be prime time for me to get up and go get a snack. That sounds like what a Trump voter would say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the Bush ad, that is funny. And I think that's, that's kind of what it comes down to. is in short form film and short form entertainment. It's really, really tough to be uh, meaningful in that type of way. It's a lot easier to be funny and entertaining, I find. Um, it's a lot more memorable, I find, if it's funny. We were kind of joking about it the other day when I was asking Nick, like, what's the dumbest thing you've seen about the Super Bowl? And he said, the baby monkey thing. And like, that's, that's, that's what we remember. We don't remember all the, the sad stories <laughs> <laughs> that people well, are producing. What were they advertising, though? Puppy it monkey was, baby. It was yeah. uh, Gatorade, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, I'm I'm now buying Powerade over Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely need energy drinks for this. The thing is, uh, you know, how much does the content of it really matter? It's the placement that matters. They did that, and that's all it is. Like, we should be very clear that the $5 million isn't for production. It's not for the stars that are in it. It's it's just for that 30 seconds during the Super Bowl. And then what's difficult to find out is, like, how that gauge is up or down. Like if it's during halftime, is it more than if it's during the pregame? And when does the Super Bowl, when does that $5 million price tag kick in? Because there's like 90 hours of pregame. So do they consider that? <laughs> like in the last segment, it was it was seven <laughs> hours. Now it's 90 hours. <laughs> Basically, we've been watching the pregame for a week already and we're yeah. just getting started. But I think it kind of boils down to that. I mean, that that's what the price is. And you're, you're, you're exactly right, Nick. It's, it's, it's the placement of the ad. So... Yeah, the arguments of whether something's good or bad, I think, are completely subjective. I think, I think for me, I'm I'm in total agreement with you in that five million dollars is too much money for any brand to pay for thirty seconds, unless Billy Zane's in the spot, <laughs> because that is marketing genius and Kentucky Fried Chicken nailed it. So have bringing Bill. I thought, I mean, we're getting quite controversial in version control, but I. Th- honestly thought Billy Zane was dead. Like, <laughs> where has he been? And now he shows up as a gold version of the Colonel. You obviously did not watch Zoolander 2 along with 
pretty much everybody else in the world. So I but, think that uh, maybe he was dead and the five million was spent <laughs> on resurrecting him <laughs> as a gold statue. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to bring him back. And then he's, he, he, I mean, see, that seems like a fun way to spend your, fu- that seems like almost like a prank version of spending your money. Yeah. Like, just like, I have a bunch of money. Hilariously, I'm going to hire, I'm going to bring Billy Zane back from the dead, put him in a Super Bowl <laughs> spot, paint him gold, and then that's the, that's the whole trick. And sell a bunch of chicken while while doing it. I think like like punking the system is a is a great segue because I think what what Heinz did was awesome. So I don't know if you guys read about this, but Heinz employs forty two thousand people in in the states, and instead of spending any of any money on a Super Bowl spot, they gave every single employee a paid day off after the Super Bowl. So it's it's a it's it's madness because it's a PR stunt. Masking is a holiday for their staff, and they successfully trolled everyone because that's what people that that's getting more buzz than ninety percent of the pregame um, Super Bowl spot hype. Agreed. Like they're talking about Heinz giving people the day off because that's. I mean, I th- I think just to 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 bring it back, that's the thing about the Super Bowl. It's so big, it deserves an extra day on a weekend. I think that's what people are thinking. Like you are so disgusting and you drink so much beer and you, you shovel wings into your face. You need that day. Oh, I think it's uh, tapping into a bit of patriotism. Like I hear that and I, I have like shed a single tear. (laughs) It's our duty. That is a true American company. (laughs) (laughs) It's our duty to take the day off and we should. That, that's the thing is, uh, and and a couple of like what you were talking about before in um, talking about the Bush spot, um, in that it really lacked this sort of engagement. So what you see a lot of the what you see a lot over the Super Bowl as well is it, it, these people or these companies are buying thirty second slots, and they show thirty seconds of something, and then at the very end they say finish the story online. So has anybody ever purposely seen a TV commercial and then went online to finish it? Well, of course we have, because we're in the business, so we're suckers for it, and we love it, but no real humans do. I feel like that's an extremely flawed method um, in, in terms of like trying to tell a longer story in a, in a short period of time. Like that, That's why like for these spots, the ones that I really enjoy are the quick ones. The one, like the, you mentioned Billy Zane and KFC, like that one's 15 seconds. Yeah. It's great. It's 15 seconds, too. Like... The other one we liked was the Wendy's one. Like yes. it's just so stupid of that apparently I use that word very deliberately. <laughs> their burgers aren't frozen ever, but everyone else's are, and then it's it's this amazing long sequence of going through tunnels of of ice and burgers and then some poor um, employee like hand using a, a dryer to like warm up one of the frozen patties <laughs> to some amazing music. That's uh yeah, that's a nice story. That's a lie, though. <laughs> as an ex and Wendy's employee, as, a, <laughs> as an alumnus. Well, well, breaking news on version control. Uh, let's stop everything and talk about that. Yeah. You worked at Wendy's? Yeah, I was a uh, general manager up till last year. When I just, <laughs> <laughs> just jumped up from Fry Boy. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. I was about two months of my life in high school. But as I recall, I don't want to get. Wendy's coming down on the, no, we don't want that. The Virgin no. Control brand here, so may, they might have changed some things around. But at the time, those patties were frozen. I can oh, believe you me. Scandalous, <laughs> scandalous. Is that pre or post Dave Thomas? <laughs> it all went downhill from from there. Yeah. But speaking of Dave Thomas, 
the other thing that uh, Scott and I were like late night, this will sound romantic and cute, slacking about uh, last night was that Spuds McKenzie is back. And that might not even make any sense to Nick and Mark. Well, is that, wait, wait a minute, was Spuds McKenzie? <laughs> I was thinking Bob and Doug. No. That's a different McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like the Bud Light spokesperson or spokes dog. Spokes, yeah, the dog. In the like 80s who was like, I forget what the kind of dog it is, but it's like Isn't it like a Don Cherry dog? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Don Cherry dog. They're They're super that. ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the worst like, dog uh, ever. It's a pit bull, isn't it? Like a bull terrier. It's like the weird cousin of a pit bull. Yeah, a bull terrier. That's, yeah. They're awkward to look at. Well, I don't know. A beer dog sounds great. <laughs> I would like a beer dog. Yeah. And then the, the dog fetches you beer. Yeah, he has a playful yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. In this case, it's a talking dog who's come back in the dead. You are selling me, okay? <laughs> if you were pitching this idea right now, I would be like, here's some money. I mean, I think that for me, I think for me and creatives, I think that's the funniest part is to like go back from the end spot on the day while you're like drunk and watching the game. And then you see the spot and then to start to think about like how they got there. Like what was the process to get them from creative brief to here's a bunch of ideas to like, we're going to bring back Spuds McKenzie or we're going to like, we have to get Billy Zane. Like, was there a short list of other near dead or slightly dead celebrities <laughs> that they used before they said the spokesperson for golden fried, some sort of fancy chicken that I can't remember is it's got to be Billy Zane. Is that the, is that the process? And then I think that's the, the, the part of the game where I think I kind of enjoy it because you're thinking of all those creatives out there who like probably had, there's probably hundreds and thousands of, ideas that are in trash cans all over America as we speak that just never made it. You probably also enjoy it because you just have to sit back and watch and judge, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I am really good at that. I have an interesting insider story on, on Super Bowl spots and ideas that get canned. So a few years ago, um, I was working at an agency and we got tapped to pitch ideas for a Super Bowl spot. Um, and our only caveat or not caveat, but the only requirement at the time was that the spot needed to include the popular mechanic himself, Jay Baruchel. Yeah. Um, and so we did late nights, our, like just ideas, 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 ideas. We got it down to a couple few, which were really, really fun. I thought, um, and at the last second they said, okay, well, we're just going to contact his agent, let him know we got a script. We're going to pitch him three and we're going to go forward and we're going to see what happens. Um, they call him up and he says, not doing it, getting paid more to go to Vegas and be at a Microsoft party. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. The done. Like and then Vegas the whole thing was done. Party. Yeah. Definitely. Lesson, lesson there out there is like of the three spots that you pitch, they need three different, uh, half-baked celebrities in them. Yeah. I mean, in the end it was the ones that we really liked were very Jay Baruchel and we thought that that's, you know, you know, we thought that he, he'd like that because in the end he's probably going to be choosing them. Because he gets yeah. to choose whatever he wants to be in, um, but yeah, there's there's so many things in the trash after that experience, yeah. um, and then you learn pretty quick, like in this business, it's like you you can't be holding to anything. Yeah, why, uh, especially why, Super why Bowl would stuff. Microsoft pay Jerry, Jay Baruchel that much money to go to a party? It reminds me of the opening scene of the very first episode of Silicon Valley, yeah. where Kid Rock is playing at a concert, a corporate party to like seven nerds. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I imagine it's exactly like there? that. He's not like making, playing music. He's no, just, I think like, he just up? gets paid, no, to do just an appearance. To, just like, hey guys, up. Jay Baruchel is going to be at the Microsoft party. 
he's and not then famous they enough for that. <laughs> he's, no, because he's like Canada famous, <laughs> but he's just got all the the the, the marijuana. Probably would be my guess. Is that it? Yeah. Well, why would you? You would go straight to Seth Rogen then. Well, yeah, your guy. I think that's and they were they're kind of playing off of that. I think it was just around the like a time where they were going to release "This Is the End." Oh yeah. Okay. Um, it was pre Goon, I think. Sorry, what? What is Goon? Nobody cares about Goon outside of Canada. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's the, it's the, the movie was Stifler and Leaves Schreiber. Yeah, like the hockey. second one's coming. Oh, was that a hockey movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jeez. They're doing a second one. Yeah, yeah it got to be sequel. awesome. Goon anyway, too. that's my Super Bowl story. Is that's that, very is cool. that ideas, ideas fall in the trash all the time, and it's usually Jay Baruchel's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Almost <laughs> always. Yeah. So $5 million uh, is torturous to, to make a spot, and it's, it's Jay's fault. Exactly. Lessons learned that you wouldn't have hear, heard anywhere else. Pers- perspectives <laughs> about the Super Bowl you only find on our podcast, folks. <laughs> We're going to boycott uh, Goon 2 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want a website for the movie, and they will be happy to do that for you. Love you, Stifler. It's Stifler time, baby! <laughs> you guys are excited. It's Digital Picks. <laughs> it's the best part of the podcast. Uh so what do we got today for our uh, listeners from the digital world and the pick world? I think we should start with Mark. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> reluctant to uh, first uh, go at the I'm excited. Pick. You just got put on the spot. That I was, did. That was I the did. O- if we were doing a live video of this, it was really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Well, my digital pick is Tostito's new chip bag will tell you when you're drunk. I mean, I don't finally. I need a chip bag to tell me when I'm drunk. I'm pretty sure I know when I am, but this chip bag has a breathalyzer in it. Um, I'm putting breathalyzer in air quotes because it's not really a breathalyzer. It just really just knows when you have alcohol on your breath or not, so it's not, like, super accurate. Um, But, yeah, they got Tostitos and uh, Mad and Uber got together, and they created a chip bag with a breathalyzer. So when you blow on the chip bag, a red steering wheel comes up, if you're drunk or have any alcohol on your breath or, or it's a green steering wheel if you're good to go. So if you do go red, uh, you get an Uber, what is it? An Uber code, 10 yeah. bucks. So then you can, uh, yeah, you can use that for Uber and you get a free ride home. And this is just around the Super Bowl. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Ask away. Is it just me? <laughs> Or is that the single dumbest thing ever invented? Yep. Wow. Hot take from Nick coming in hot. Wait, actually, I'll I'll temper that a little just because of Mad, because that's a that's a fine institution, um, with a, with a really great cause behind it. Yes. But I don't understand the chip wow. bag part. That was that was like just getting to that first down and like reclaim, reclaiming that territory to use a football <laughs> metaphor because you were on dangerous grounds there without that calorie. Yeah, yeah. But I said it, so um, it also seems like how much are these chips going to be worth? You know, it's like a thirty dollar bag of chips. Yeah, I don't think they said how much the. It's the same. Price. I think it's the same price. Yeah, yeah. it's no different. It's a purely a stunt to coincide with the high octane and drinking Super Bowl um, day and then just a nice message of get home safely, which I think there's like a lot of, um, in addition to um, the beverage, like the beer brands, they also have to run um, some 
drink responsibly ads. Um, so I think there's some sort of probably secondary $5 million that, yeah. that Anheuser-Busch has to spend on telling people to play safe out there in but, addition to their spots that they're already running. But, but they didn't uh, spend that money. Tostitos did. Yeah. <laughs> Tostitos, who has never Which, told anyone to temper the intake. What, which what, to me is a problem because like as a frequent snacker <laughs> and, and what I, I like to think of myself as, as a bit of a snack aficionado. Snack I would, I would, be, I would yeah. even call you like chief snack officer. <laughs> I, 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 I would wear Toronto. that badge with honor. How awesome would that be on your business card? Like <laughs> writing it down. C- <laughs> CSO. CSO. Yeah. Just like, and yes. The, and the official CSO, uh, you know, quote on this is I, I feel as though I'm being betrayed by chips. <laughs> and, and the reason why is because I feel like when, when you sit down and you, and you open a bag, it's like, it's like sanctuary time. You don't need that bag to tell you things. Snacks are, are fun zone. Exactly. My big, like who's eating Tostitos though, just snacking on a bag of Tostitos. Like you need the dip, you need the cheese. I just don't Aren't understand. Are they like cheese flavored? It, it actually has I not. Think, that's a great point. I think we need I'm to dive deeper on this. Where are our regular chips? Tostitos? <laughs> Come on. Who is just getting absolutely wasted and eating Tostitos. Do you know what I mean? Well, that, well, well, I mean, if they're there in front of me, I'm the CSO it. over here looks yeah, like got something up his wheelhouse. I, I feel like, you know, uh, with enough beer, you need some sort of salt content to cut through that. Um, and I know that is part of the American Constitution. I know where they're coming from, real. but at the same time, I, I would still feel as though, like, I'd be afraid to touch the Tostitos while drinking a beer because I don't need that bag to tell me what I probably already know. It just seems like the, like, a, an unwieldy mix of items. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A breathalyzer, Tostitos, Uber, Uber. <laughs> <laughs> What do these things have in common? It seems like a pretty straightforward. Uh, why am I defending this? <laughs> this is madness. But I like, I it seems like a crazily simple user journey. That like, it's Super Bowl. You're eating the snacks. Uh, you're probably wasted because you're eating these these snacks, and you can just give a little. <sighs> that's gonna sound amazing. I think if you're willing to blow into a chip bag, though, like you should already know you're drunk enough not to drive. <laughs> Like that's a but what you, that ten dollar <laughs> code, man. Uber ten dollars is ten dollars, man. Okay, so I guess it might have its merits, but this thing will absolutely not stop any potential drunk drivers from driving. I bet it will stop one. At least, well, well, if just I, one. That's, <laughs> that's all they need, to, guys. We're talking about it. Everyone's talking about to it. To be well, honest, now that I know you're going to get a ten dollar discount on Uber, I just I'm going to drink my face off just to get that ten dollar coupon. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it's all about. I don't know if you have to drink your face off. God bless America. (laughs) There there was clips online of someone taking like a sip of like beer or something and then instantly blowing into it and it showed the red sign. You don't have to black out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to. (laughs) But it's not like the code goes up. You don't get like $20, $30. I I just have to commend that digital pick. What a hot topic. Yeah, it really set everyone off. It's just erupted. Yeah. And made me like defend it. Embarrassing, and I just hate it so much. I hate it with down to my core. Wow, I don't actually. It's it's, sure it's fine. Well, since you hate it at the most, that maybe you go next. Okay, here we go. So, mine is a product that's a wearable device that can turn any surface into a keyboard. It's called Tap Systems, and you just you wear this handy little device, and then you can just tap it, tap away on your on your desk if you want to. So, is it like a laser? Like it shoots a laser or something? And then See, no. 
what it is, it is it has its own sort of system that you have to learn, and it comes with oh. an app that has created a game out of uh, learning it. Whoa. I hate this already. Oh, you, yeah. like, wear it. Okay. Yeah, you wear it. but Like on your hand. You wear it on your hand. See, I was thinking you wear it on, like, your face, and, like, it shoots a laser on, on the table or something. No, it looks kind of like brass get knuckles. On that. But you should get on this wearable brass knuckles. I'm in for both. Of, I want all of those things now. Because I went on a little um, into a little rabbit hole, kind of looking up tap. I found another one called iKibo that actually is a laser. It um, and this one it, it shows it's just a little cube and it has uh, like an iPhone on top of it and it projects a laser that turns into the QWERTY keyboard or. A piano keyboard, if you happen to want to play along in a, an app that, you know, accommodates that. That's cool. Super neat. Yeah, I thought so. Very nerdy. It, it really does look like nerd brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it'll, the one-off putting part is there's the couple in bed that are using it, and they're just tapping their legs. Yeah, it to, seems a little weird. I'm assuming they're just communicating with each other. <laughs> I want nerd brass knuckles for sure. Uh-oh. I think we're, we're all in for nerd brass knuckles. Absolutely. Well, I don't often have... I don't have an iPad, and I don't often have much to say on my phone. Does anyone use iPads anymore? God, yeah. that oh my my parents, my mom was like, old loves that thing, yeah, oh, yeah, so much. It's funny, and I don't mean to pick fun of of my father, but he's such a uh, iPad aficionado uh, that he has carpal tunnel syndrome from all of his hot take emails that he sends using oh, no. the email from wow. there. He's typing too much and too fast on, on things. So. You should get one of these nerd brass knuckles. Yeah. It's a good idea. It seems pretty uh, pretty easy to use. Why do only, only old people like iPads? Because <laughs> it's bigger. Yeah, but my mom has no... She doesn't use her computer. She doesn't go near it. Hmm. She prefers the iPad. Because they're not doing anything like really... No, intense. just watching just, YouTube yeah, videos. Yeah, exactly, really. and like sharing things on Facebook and yeah, yeah. chain emails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, Sending their bank details to yeah, a lot of slide shares, yeah. a lot of slide shares, a lot of emails, yeah. uh, a lot of uh, you know, Comic Sans fonts and emails, yeah. that sort of thing. Your yeah, basic, your basic computer functions. Yeah, way different from what I normally do on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually furthering my research <laughs> for the good of mankind. You can hear the air quotes from here. <laughs> But if, if everybody's parents are iPad aficionados, how are we as their children not iPad tech support by now? Oh, I, I, I retired from tech support from my parents because when I switched to Mac and they stayed on PCs, I just said, I stopped saying that I knew how a PC worked and I got out of it. And now that he's back on the Apple platform, I say, I don't have an iPad, so <laughs> you're on your own. Yeah. It's a good dodge. It's the go-to. Yeah. I don't own a TV. I have no I'm idea how I'm not good it works. at tech support. It is just not, I'm just not, I'm not built for that. But as a child with parents, it doesn't matter what you're qualified for or not. You are tech support for everything from Netflix to the garden hose. Did you guys ever see that amazing Master of None episode? When Aziz freaks out on his dad, he's like, I'm not tech support. And then the rest of the uh, episode is a flashback of his dad, like, Coming from India, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, struggling to create yeah. a life for his ease in America. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. It puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I'll help you with your iPad. Uh, I'll go next oh. because I think we should bounce back to snacks because that's more in my territory. Chief snack officer, hot yeah. take coming in, <laughs> and uh, and my digital pick this week is Dom D O M the. Uh, 
Domino's Pizza bot ordering system on Facebook Messenger. So now you don't even have to interact with a real human being on the other end of your Facebook Messenger to order a pizza. You're you can you can just basically text Dom, tell him I want this pizza uh, at this address, and it gets delivered. Um, which I think is great because it's quick. And the best part about it is you don't have to sign up for anything. You don't have to have a, a Domino's digital account. You don't have to have anything. The only problem with it right now, and it's kind of a big one, is it's cash only. So when you order that pizza and it shows up, who has cash? What is what? cash? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and I that think is that, a broken digital system. Yeah, but that's maybe. that's their way around not having to create some sort of account where you're passing credit card information, right? So if there's no other than your address and your order going back and forth, you know, on Facebook Messenger, it doesn't require you to do anything other than that. Like there's no security issues. So here's here's the thing. Like, so can you just like can I just like ask Dom to order one to your place and it just shows up and you have to pay cash <laughs> for it? That's a great idea, but a human everybody in the city yeah. still has a human person still has to yes. bring it, right? Yeah. The, so couldn't they verify your ID? Maybe, yeah. They, but then, well, I was gonna, already made at that point. So what are they going to do with it if you're just like, I didn't order that? That hilarity ensues at that point. Yeah. But uh, so is this in Canada and the U.S.? It's not in Canada yet. Actually, no. just before we stepped into the version control studios, I I tried to <laughs> text Dom. Um, and still have yet to get a reply. So either he's just super busy or he just wants nothing to do with me or he doesn't exist in Canada yet. He's a bot. <laughs> there should be no lag time on a bot. Like, Can't even get a text back from a bot. Wow. Story, <laughs> my, story of my life. That's yeah. how I end, hey, that's how you end up chief snack officer. Yeah. <laughs> but that, uh, that digital experience has to be improved because if you're all digital, you're on your phone, you're on Facebook, Manager, you like flip Bob, Bob, Dom. <laughs> should be Bob. <laughs> Flick Dummy bot uh, <laughs> uh, a little message, order the pizza. Then, like, everything else needs to be, like, in the cloud. Like, besides maybe the human delivering your pie. But it should be just, like, like shouldn't the conversation just be, like, how do you want to pay? Here's my credit card number. He does all that. You want to add a tip. And then how would you like your pizza delivered? And then you could say by bot or by human. <laughs> and then like, I want to see down my like hallway of my building, like a little drone tank <laughs> with just like, then like a little tap at the door. And then just like the pizzas, like maybe with like lights on it, just like, <laughs> ah. that's what I want. The all no human delivery, no judgment. I think it's funny that we should go back and look at the old, uh, you had mentioned this earlier, Scott, but specifically, we should look at how many times we've talked about Domino's and the digital pegs. <laughs> Food a lot, but a lot about pizza. We are so, definitely crying out for work on the Domino's <laughs> pizza account if uh, Domino's Canada wants to give us a call. Uh, so let's, let's, let's go to Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I should have gone first now because now I feel bad because maybe mine's not. I, I would like to call this a, like an unpick. I'm not like endorsing this or like saying this is a good thing, but I was looking for picks last night before we uh, taped this amazing cast. I came across a New York Times article in my uh, social feed and it was all about an app and uh, a woman who created it. So the app is called Mend and they build themselves as a personal trainer for heartbreak. So, and because we're only a few short weeks away from Valentine's Day, I thought it was appropriate to talk about the darker side of love. Um, and just this idea of 
of a paid service in the form of a digital experience that offers you tips, stories, support, and for the first week free, get on your 28-day um, heartbreak cleanse. I'm not exactly sure what the <laughs> cleanse means, but you can do it for 28 days, and then they upsell you within the app, in-app purchasing, from $9.99 to $59.99 uh, to like have access to this content and support and resources all because you, you broke up. So we live in the, this, um, this world of apps for everything. You can have an app for meditation. You can have an app, uh, for sports and you can have an app for, um, tracking your steps and you can have an app to help you once you've been broken up with. It sounds like a, a nice alternative to the traditional over-drinking and overeating. <laughs> that seems I, like an app I could get behind, like a like a eating and drinking trainer. Well, the, <laughs> it encourages you. No? The eating and drinking part it, at least sounds a little more fun than the app, yeah. but, but not as healthy. I think there's something here, though. Like I think that's going to take off. People who are heartbroken are desperate. They need something, right? So if... If you're going to sell them something like this, I think I think people are going to eat this up for the sure. The app looks the app looks really good. But the, the idea of it being like a paid service is the part that like seems like dangerously um, close to exploitative of yes. people's yeah. feelings. But if you can I mean, the half of me that's like, you know, um, the the little devil on the shoulder thinks that's awesome. The yeah. other half is like, "Ooh, that seems wrong." I'm picturing like Satan himself behind a desk being like, <laughs> "It's capitalized on yes. human misery." <laughs> yes, another $59 subscription. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm going to ask. Who, who wants to subscribe to this? Cuz that's just hedging your bets negatively saying, "I'm going to need this in the future." Yeah, I mean, I think you just drop the like twenty-eight day cleanse, and then you're good to go. I think is uh, the the, so the, the cured, yeah. <laughs> cured, right? right. So, Isn't that, it, well, I'm just I'm just kind of reading a, an overview of what it is. So, Mend uses uh, an animated avatar of the founder. Her name's Ellen Huerta, and uh, she uses her reassuring voice to offer guidance on how to move forward with topics like detoxing from your ex. So immediately, I'm going towards like the plot for her where there's going to be a billion people falling in love with the voice of, of Ellen Huerta. And here I'm just thinking that, like, the men, girl, and Dom are going to have, like, <laughs> amazing romance in the digital space together and live happily ever after, after they've taken over. They really need nothing else than each other and pizza. Yeah. Is that, did you say Ellen Huerta? Did they give her a last name? She is the founder. Um, oh, it's the actual, founder of yeah, men. it's her actual name. And, yeah, and she... She's using her own voice, it sounds like. Does the avatar look like her as well? Can't tell yet. Is that not a little narcissistic? Like, I feel like that's kind of crazy. <laughs> like, is she saying she's, like, the ultimate friend? Like, the ultimate friend? I think, her story, I think her story was that, like, she um, went through a breakout oh, and then used this. So that's why she's coming to it of a face of, like, I've gone through this and I'm, I'm, I'm helping. Okay. Yeah. She can, sounds very endearing and, and okay. lovely. I can already see myself falling in love with her voice. I might go through a breakup on purpose just so I can use this app. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it's mandatory, Mark. I think you can just use the app if you really want to. Yeah, you can get that free week of that, that breakup <laughs> cleanse and see how it goes. Yeah, what a social experiment. Yeah. Mark's going to start dating some <laughs> poor girl. Just so he can try this app out. <laughs> so on the on the next podcast, yeah, it's a five. Mark plan. goes on his first date. It's a business idea. It's got great press. Looks like a decent app. 
It actually looks really yeah, good. The, the like, UIs. Yeah. Ver- version two is for divorcees. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, you can have an app for for anything like this. Subscription model, um, training and and help just based on that kind of model. Totally. Yeah. So just pinpoint some, you know, terrible times that people are going through. Yeah. Podcast recovery, <laughs> a trainer, um, yeah, I digital marketing, one. yeah, all those sort of things. Yeah. Good good picks today, guys. Yeah, that was solid. They're fun. I would very gladly try out any of these picks, except for the stupid breathalyzer. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Jackson's final thoughts. As a digital agency, it's tough for us to stand up for TV spots at that price. We tend to forget that $5 million only covers the media. It doesn't cover production costs like shooting from a helicopter in Belize, celebrity endorsements like Billy Zane, or Swedish film directors. The cost for these 30 seconds is actually closer to seven or eight million when it's all said and done. And maybe I'm a little biased, being the only member of version control who still has cable, but we're moving to a more digital world, and this includes our beloved Super Bowl. The days of getting together in a friend's living room for the annual game are slowly sipping away and being replaced with the days of recapping the entire game on Snapchat. It's neither good nor bad, it just is. Even the effect of Super Bowl commercials is changing as we go further into our digital future. Researchers at Servada spoke to over 500 consumers aged 18 to 54 who planned to watch the game. Much of the study was about how commercials affect attitudes towards brands. But one interesting discovery was that even if the commercial is deemed quote-unquote good, only about half the people surveyed would change their mind about the brand. In fact, the most agreed-upon factor that did change people's perceptions in a Super Bowl spot was, wait for it, Betty White. So as brands become more and more aware of what's happening beyond the TV screen, and as they continue to pay much closer attention to those marketing budgets, they'll start to realize that there are viable digital options that can arguably be more powerful. In short, if you're a director of marketing and you've been given $5 million to spend, think twice about dumping it all into a Super Bowl spot. Do some research, find your audience, work with partners who understand the digital space, and stretch those dollars. Oh, and hire Betty White. 